welcome to The Kurt Locker, a podcast where we chronologically step through and discuss each film starring Kurt Russell. My name is Andrew Gormley, and I am one of your hosts. I am joined on this episode by my co-hosts. All she ever wanted was someone to make her wear her flannels and beat off the women. Whitney Nelson. (laughs) (laughs) Jamie, on top of that, making you wear your flannels and beat off the women? Uh Uh-huh. It's under control. Yeah. I'm sorry. I tickled myself with that one. (laughs) (laughs) And she could also drive an eight-yolk oxen team at 14. It's Lindsay Nelson. Yep. I mean, I did it once at 13 and a half, but no one was around to see it, so it didn't count. Correct. That's really, it's if no one's there to witness it, <laughs> did it actually happen? That's that's the big question. Yep. Those oxen just got themselves somewhere. <laughs> um, it has been a minute, team. It has been mm-hmm. quite some time. <laughs> I don't remember how to podcast anymore. <laughs> how do podcast, guys? How how do podcast? <laughs> this is our... F- uh, if you are sticking with us, uh, Claire and Lane, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. And the rest. Yeah, and Claire's mom. Claire's mom as well. Uh, it. This is our first recorded episode in seven months. We were just discussing this before... Uh, just before we started recording, um, you have we've gotten the I did the editing and the distribution of the previous two episodes like over the past two or three weeks or whatever. But those were recorded back in January. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, I as I was doing the editing and stuff I was like, oh, some of these references a little dated, but that's OK. <laughs> that's OK. Uh, we have fun. That mm-hmm. was our episode with Overboard with Asia, which was incredible. Lindsay was also mm-hmm. on that episode. And then we did uh, To Kill a Sunrise with Whitney and I. Mm-hmm. Eh, that was a movie, sure. Yep. <laughs> so <laughs> there we go. We're moving on. We're here. Technically, it was a film. Right. It, qual- it, it checked all of the boxes <laughs> to be a film. So yes. there is that. At a high level, how have you both been? It's been a minute. Mm, yeah. We both got COVID. Oh, yeah. okay. Ruined uh, our vacation. Uh-huh. We were That's on right. together. Yeah. So that wasn't great. It's made me very bitter about everybody else's summer vacations. Although virtually everyone I know who's gone on vacation has then gotten COVID. So right. Not a. <laughs> yeah, I f- I feel like that Walking Dead meme of like mm-hmm. one of the last people who hasn't gotten it yet, and you know, mm-hmm. knock on wood. But I mean, not that I have been being. St- necessarily super safe about it i'm like i'm gonna go to the movies i'm gonna do this and that but uh just lucky just lucky yeah i lasted so long 832 days before <laughs> is, i got covid it is pretty cool to have the count though so that's it makes me feel <laughs> like is. like a roguelike you know and then just add like add like two days to that total for me because i got it like two days after Lindsay did she definitely yes. was the uh the patient x <laughs> i was son for- of a yeah. Well, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, other than that, literally nothing has changed in the last seven months. All right. <laughs> okay. Whatever I said last time, to, still that's applies. still accurate still. for me right now. <laughs> right. Just stay, keeping, keeping on, keeping on. I love mm-hmm. it. I love it. How about you? 
Uh, I, I things are good. You know, I can't complain. I've I've been on what I would very. I was speaking with Lindsay before we all hopped on. I'm I've been on a summer vacation, as it were, kind of like just not trying to do too much. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And luckily, I realize that's a very, you know, not everybody gets that opportunity. Uh, so I just, you know, very thankful. Um, but, you know, taking her easy before. Well, things... Yeah, you, you got real busy there for a minute. It was it was not. Um, I mean, I, again, I'll never you never hear me complain about working or being too busy because the, the alternative is much scarier and much worse. However, <laughs> I was like burning the candle at like three ends yeah. somehow. Yeah. So, um <laughs> But it's it, 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 that allowed me to kind of coast into summer and, you know, like, oh, maybe we'll go to an amusement park. Maybe I, I can actually go to the movies during the day or something. Yeah, so it's been fun. nice. Yeah, it's been I nice. Love a, I love an 11 a.m. movie. It's totally my jam. I went to go. What the hell was the last movie I went to go see? Uh, I can't remember. I can't even remember. Well, I, I, I do remember seeing Lightyear. I went to go see Lightyear for some reason. And I, it was again, it was like 11 o'clock movie. And I was like, it was just me. I was like, mm -hmm. this is awesome. It's basically yeah. my living room now. Let's go. I put yeah, my feet like, up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like a Tuesday 1130 movie is mm, chef's kiss. Yeah. Yep. That's it's the whole so good. Steve's. Like I, did, I saw Bodies, Bodies, Bodies last week at uh, 10 a.m. on a Tuesday. Excellent. You love to see it. That's awesome. I still have to check that one out. I have not seen that one, but I will. But I will. This is great. I love the energy. I'm going to I'm going to try to get through this stuff so we can get into the movie. I think we have a lot to say about this one. Or maybe we have nothing to say about this one. I don't really know. <laughs> it could go either way. Those are yeah. the options. <laughs> And as always, I uh, just want to mention, get some housekeeping out of the way before we get into this proper. Uh, you can find this and all of our other podcasts at 12and24.com. That is uh, this, Cool Breeze Over the Mountains, Rewatch, and a couple new ones coming up soon. If you want merch like shirts and stickers and coffee mugs and stuff like that, you can also buy all of that stuff there as well. I realize I have neglected our merch store, or mentioning it at least, so that is there for you as well. You can email us, KurtLockerPod at gmail.com, or hit us up on Twitter at KurtLockerPod. Those are both great ways to get in touch. You can also join us on Discord and chat in real time at 12and24.com slash Discord. Uh, great community in there, growing a little by little by little every day. Uh, and then finally, if you want to support us with just a moment of your time, please share the show with your friends, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It'll bring more folks into the fray. It'll just be great. So, with all that out of the way, Lindsay, would you please be so kind as to tell us yes. uh, what we're here talking about today? Absolutely. Uh, today, we are here to talk about a movie called Winter People. I keep wanting to put a the in front of it, um, <laughs> but it's just Winter People. Um, the plot synopsis from IMDb is, In 1930s Appalachia, a widowed city clockmaker falls in love with an unwed mother and finds himself in the middle of a long-standing feud between two clans. This screenplay was written by Carol Sebesky, based on the novel by John Eel? L? Um, yeah. And it was directed by Ted Kotcheff. Co-starring alongside Kurt are Kelly McGillis, Lloyd Bridges, Mitchell Ryan, Amelia Burnett, uh, Eileen Ryan, Lynn Flattery, 
uh, Lanny, sorry, Flattery, and David Dwyer and Jeffrey Meek. Uh, so what do the critics and audiences have to say about this film? All right, well, on Rotten Tomatoes, we have a critical score of 20%. That's high. Yeah. <laughs> a little high. Uh, we have an audience score of 53%. What? I feel like... What? What is happening in this world? I, I find that shocking. Okay. Uh, yeah. Me too. That's a big swing. And usually when you see that biggest swing, it is the audience that is more generous than the critics. So it's not like a complete flip-flop where the audience hates it and critics love it. But um, we have a, a quote from reviewer Hal Hinston of the Washington Post mm -hmm. who says, An over-earnest story about feuding mountain families that's good for little more than a few hoots at its own expense. Yeah. <laughs> Um, on Rotten Tomatoes, user Babu234 gave it five out of five stars and said, my husband and I just watched this movie. It is hard for us to find a movie we both would enjoy. However, this movie was great in both our opinions. Men will love it for the conflict and suspense. Hopeless romantics like me will love it for the love story tucked in there along with the other strong relationships. We both give this movie five stars. What? Yeah, Babu is weird and very locked into the gender binary. Mm, Babu? Yes. <laughs> I'm disappointed. All right. We do also have feedback from Claire's mom. Okay, finally, the voice of reason. Yes, so here's what Claire's mom has to say. I really like this film. What? Shot beautifully. It's an allegory instead of a story. It's much bigger than a story. I can see why it wasn't a hit, what with getting so dark and being rather constrained by the fact that it's based on a book. Not organic somehow, but very precise. I like the symbolism of the clock and, t and the time and creating time and the quest to feed one's soul instead of focusing on practical stuff. Uh, <sighs> Claire's mom. Yeah. Generally, I'm on board with you, Claire's mom. I, I I think we might I think two roads diverged in the wood on this one for me though. Um, mm -hmm. So Andrew, did this movie work for you? Then let's get into it. God, no. Okay. <laughs> Vehemently no. I was not expecting a vehement no. Um, yeah, I was expecting a no, but that was a very strong no. Yeah. I so, uh, I don't know. All right. Right out of the gate, you, we, we start with a visit to a cemetery or whatever. And I'm, I'm trying to get my bearings about what this story could even be right at, the, right at the beginning. You know, it's like Kurt Russell comes out of a house, packing up a car. There's a pet pig. It's very weird. <laughs> His daughter's there. Mom. She's obstinate. Right. The, the, the pig comes along for the ride. Okay, great. Mom's gone. Right. We find out later why. Um, but like, okay. And then a lot of stuff happens and now we, we live on this farm, I guess. Right. Like sure. a series of things happens mm -hmm. and then, and now he lives on this farm with his, with his daughter, with this woman. 
Yeah. And it was just like none none of for me none of this really connected as in terms of like an A to B to C type of situation. There were like moments of things yes. that happened, but nothing nothing connecting these things really. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. I totally agree. You have like this Hatfield McCoy thing going on or whatever you whatever your Feudan family thing is. There's like a fish out of water story. Okay. It's a it's eventually a love story. We see it coming a mile away. Fi- found family. All of these things are here, but I never like felt that any of this real I none of it ever connected for me. Like this is like this feels like some of the early Kurt Russell movies we watched. Mm-hmm. Um, more than like we've, I feel like we've been on like an up and to the right trajectory on like a graph of Kurt Russell's career. And this feels like a total go back to old, old Kurt stuff, like in the mm-hmm. Westerns. Mm-hmm. Um, the way we, the, the way we talk about st- like, um, what do these people want? What are their motivations? <laughs> like, I don't really know. Like, at right. first, well, Kurt Russell just wants a car. <laughs> that's that's my problem with this. Yeah. Not to not to cut into your thing. No, let's I go. can talk about it on my own time. But the biggest issue that I had, and this is something that I've talked about quite a bit on both this co- podcast and also in Cool Breeze, is the movies where the movie like. Everyone's along for the ride. No one is making any decisions. Right. It does not feel like a story because there are no plot points. It's just a series of events happening to people. No one's choosing anything to drive the story to make, you know, it more interesting. It's just things happening to people. There's not really any character development. There's not really any... um, suspense or plot twists or you know it just it you just sit there and watch things happen to people <laughs> that's yeah. it which I mean, is they, they which is not a story with like the last five minutes but no yeah yeah <laughs> they try to shoehorn in some character development in literally like the last five minutes of the and movie and for a character we've seen like five lines of you know, exactly. maybe less. Yeah. Not even. <laughs> Who, why, I don't care about that fucking guy. Yeah. There, there is a, there's a character in this movie who's a, an Greg's asshole. Or, yeah. That guy's dad. The, but I'm talking about that guy. <laughs> no, right? no, sorry. I mean, I can only see him as the dad from Dharma and Greg. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Greg's dad. Yeah. 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 The, what was his name? Cole? Is that, is that the. Cole is the, the guy who dies. Yeah. yeah. Cole is the. Yeah, the son. He's so again. I'm not. I'm not going to defend that guy's character. He, we are meant to hate him. He's like a heinous mm-hmm. person or whatever. He's the person who has maybe the most, uh, like, he's the most interesting character. Well, he's yes. the most active. Right. So to Whitney's point, he's the only one who ever makes story happen. Everybody else just kind of like sits there and lets it wash over them. Yeah, it's like he's like, oh, Kurt's good. He's going to make another clock or whatever. And then, but th- this guy Cole. <laughs> what a shock. Yeah. <laughs> Right. 
It's like the only problem-solving solution is make another clock. Yeah, I know two things about Kurt Russell specifically <laughs> in this movie, and it's because they've told me a hundred thousand fucking times. It's he He's makes clocks and, and Scandinavian blood, right? Yeah. That's it. <laughs> and oh, conveniently, both of those things come in super handy throughout the course of this movie. If he'd had any other two traits, he would have <laughs> gone a very different way. I don't... <laughs> it turns out he's perfectly equipped for this film. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I, I don't like these. I don't like these people. I don't like dislike these people. But mm-hmm. I thought mm-hmm. Kali was. I, I liked her in the beginning. She was very sassy to him. I liked. I liked her introduction. Right. She's a tough woman. I like. I, I like that that aspect of her and independent, right? I, I like these things about her. And then they kind of reduce her to just a, like a, it, it, just like a love interest, I guess, for th- these two guys and mm-hmm. having to her, having to fulfill this role for her family. Like I just, I would have liked it much better if she was somehow divorced from all of that other, the, the family dynamic stuff. She just happened to be on this land, I guess. I don't know. Um, I, ha- I had a lot of questions and many of them came out like at one hour and 36 minutes into the movie. Um, I just <laughs> thought to myself, doesn't Wayland have a house? Like, <laughs> doesn't, didn't we see him come out of the house that he o- presumably owns or lives in? How long has he been gone? Is he just planning on staying here forever? They're yeah, just well, little things. No, they he, were definitely moving. They were, moving. They were going to Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they did. Yeah, the daughter did mention that for sure. And that's why, like, they were pe- everything that they could fit in the truck was all that they had left and the, you know, pig and everything. And so, like. They were not planning on going back to that house. He okay. sold the house or he lost the house. Sure. Or oh, yeah. Something. Some, something. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. But I, <laughs> so then I, I well, that, that que- I guess one question is answered. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there is a scene in this movie that is absolutely batshit crazy, and I laughed the entire time, and it was not meant to be funny, and you both know what I'm talking about. It's when Kurt Russell jumps on the back of a bear. Oh, okay. Yes, I do. (laughs) And somehow just stays on and kills it from above, who just shoots it in the head. I could... What they describe as hunting in this film is really just rolling down hills and mountains with <laughs> guns in your hands. I mean, it's a lot of people's definition of <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Not I don't know. everybody's, but I've definitely known some people who going out into the woods with beers is, and is some just guys. falling down hills and hooting yeah. and hollering and being whack. Right. They are the worst at this. It, 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 it makes sense. So they're like, we're <laughs> I don't what the what she says is like they get tired of taking care of themselves after a while as they're leaving. I'm like, back, yeah, because yeah, they're not they're not clearly hunting anything in any meaningful way. They're just like, woo, woo, just oh yeah. I'm getting I'm getting too in the weeds now. I did not care for this. It was just not. <laughs> I mean, no, I I didn't I couldn't even think of anything. I, the I guess cinematography wise, it's competently shot. The location is doing a lot of heavy lifting here. The location is definitely doing heavy lifting. It is a beautiful movie, but not necessarily because of the artistry of the filmmakers. Right, because just because it's a beautiful place on point. Yeah, Yeah. that's like when you have like a great uh, uh, costume or production design, or you have great Mm -hmm. 
uh, lighting or something like that. Like, <laughs> incidentally, something turned out really, really <laughs> nice. Um, Point a camera at that and it's going to look good. So. Yeah. I, I Yeah. I, I mean, we'll go into I'd like to hear what what both of you think about it. I won't. We'll just kind of free, you know, whoever wants to take over can. I've I said will. what I needed to. It's it's not good. <laughs> I will. So I definitely 100% agree with the fact that it's not a story. It's a series of vignettes of people, things happening to people. Yeah. Um, I do appreciate that for being shot in 89 or shot earlier, released in 89, um it is a very healthy like Claire's mom said about it being an allegory it is a very good viewpoint and and hot take as far as toxic masculinity versus how to be masculine without toxic masculinity i think the way that they set it up for Kurt Russell to be the nerdy clockmaker and everyone was like oh he's a wishy-washy nerdy clockmaker but when it the chips come down he makes the right decision for the people around him at any mm -hmm. given point whether that's literally jumping on the back of a bear because he saw that someone was in danger mm. or whether it's not getting into the fight because he knows that being shot would you know be way worse than leave his backing off parentless um, although i don't think making a de good decision for your daughter in a lot of this movie because i do not think growing up in that town is going to be the best choice for her well yeah agree but just in a way of that you can be sort of mild-mannered and kind and still be as much of a man if not more so than all of the manly men around you who are dicking mm -hmm. around and being assholes. Yeah. I like that aspect of it. I yeah. also like... I, yeah? I do, however, think Kurt Russell is the wrong person for that role, though. He I agree. not cast well hmm. in this. Yeah. Or he was directed badly. I'm not saying he's incapable of playing that part. But in this movie, I just kept thinking that it would work better with a different actor. Trying I, to embody that type I of I don't think Kurt Russell is by nature sort of nebbish enough to yeah. really pull off that aspect of the role. I think the being kind and being thoughtful doesn't mean you're not, doesn't mean you're weak part of it. Like he did very much come off as still having his own strength um, because he's Kurt Russell and he, and he has that sort of like, tough no nonsense vibe about yeah, him even when he's playing part of the problem i mean not that i think that that character didn't have some toughness but i think like the quiet dignity that was clearly supposed to be in that character was not being conveyed in the acting i don't think hmm. i don't know that that character was supposed to have quiet dignity i, I mean, think it was just there are other ways to be masculine yeah. without perpetuating toxic masculinity. And I think that that is a, a storyline that is sort of ahead of its time in how it was portrayed. Mm -hmm. That doesn't drive a movie, though. It does not drive a story. And like we said, everything just happens to people. It's all very passive. It's all very slow. Uh, and I'm okay with a slow-paced movie if... 
there's any sort of tension or character development that is going along with that slow pace. Um, and I enjoyed from, from the personal standpoint of seeing a bunch of people who have are traditionally not super in tune with their feelings, falling in love. I think the woman um, who played Kali did a good job of falling in love in a different way mm -hmm. than you traditionally see women do. That, like, it was sort of immediate, but it also was took a long time for her to sort of accept that. And the way that she talked to him and the way that she behaved with him, I thought felt very real. But I also feel like there was nothing that happened that instigated it. Yeah, the fact that the thing that finally tipped her over and stuff was him talking about his wife's suicide is a trope that will never make any sense to me. I mean, I get that vulnerability and emotional intimacy have a draw. But whenever that kind of stuff initiates sex instead of just closeness, I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> like... I I mean, even from the very first scene when she's like, okay, fine, you can stay here or whatever. And he like flirts with her almost immediately. Uh, the daughter immediately is like, shut that down, dad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which was hilarious. Yeah. Um, But like, there wasn't really any driving factors that would make him fall in love with her other than the fact that she's a woman and she's, you know, tough or whatever. And there's nothing that makes her fall in love with him. I felt like from her, like as an actress, from her perspective, the way that she fell in love felt very true to life. But I don't think that either of them, they just, it's one of those things where it's like a man and a woman can't be in a room together without falling, without in, love. falling in love. I think what they were going for, but didn't execute well enough to really, you know, get through to the audience was the that they both were attracted to each other because they were the exact opposite of what had recently been problematic in their life. So like his wife being too in pain and saddled with depression and I get a little bit by the tone of the movie weak to like deal with life and function. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Kali is the exact opposite, right? She's right. dealing with all kinds of shit and she just takes it in stride. I mean, not that it doesn't affect her, but she's not gonna let life beat her. You know, she's mm -hmm. very like, and for her, obviously he is a calm, steady, you know, in a life that's been very turbulent. And the only other guy she's really had a relationship with is like a, a rapist. Know, a rapist. Yeah. So like I think that it is what is attracting them to each other is that this is like a breath of fresh air, the exact opposite of the the thing that's been most difficult in my life sort of thing. But I do not think that that was I think that's what they were going for. I do not think they achieved it well enough to your point of mm. you know yeah. not I like I just don't feel enough. like it was shown. This yeah. is one of those things of the like show don't tell. And this movie didn't really show or tell. It just kind of happened. <laughs> and, like, we weren't party to it happening, almost. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I the little girl was good. 
she reminded me so strongly and I don't know if she is or not, but I don't think she is. She reminds me so much of the Pepsi girl. Do you remember that little girl in the I Pepsi I do remember the little Pepsi girl, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if they're like related or what. <laughs> this movie's too early for her to have been the Pepsi girl, yeah. like the same actress. But like with the teeth and the hair and the the vibe of sort of being a person that's, you know, an older soul in a younger body kind of a vibe. Um, I I thought she did a very good job. Um, I very much liked um, the head of the Campbell clan. I think that the few set seconds that he was in the movie, he was very mad. He was m kind of the only person in the cast that was magnetic, that yeah. like drew you when you were watching them. And that includes Kurt Russell, who normally is like, so magnetic in everything that's been like the number one thing we've said in all of his movies even as a young kid is that like when other people are on screen with him you don't notice them yeah i think in this movie that was not true of kurt russell but it was true of that the patriarch of the campbell clan mm -hmm. um i i liked him I liked his character a lot. I liked his screen presence. I liked the, you know, five seconds of character development that the movie gave to him <laughs> only. Uh-huh. Um, Speaking of charismatic, the I thought that the younger the youngest brother was pretty good. He yeah. was good. Yeah. I mean, he was written in the script to be like for everyone to be charmed by him and yeah. his boisterous nature. 100%. But I think they cast somebody who held that like held up to that level. Yes. They yeah. cast that person well in that he fulfilled that brief. Like they're he, trying to draw parallels between him and Cole as both being the youngest and the kind of favorite rowdy and, and rowdy, you know, and that's why they were friends and stuff mm -hmm. and I don't think it really, I mean, we only saw him being drunk and violent, really, but I don't think it held up with Cole, but with Young, yeah, they, that actor fulfilled the brief on that. Well. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think the whole the whole moment um, of the, like, he's not stupid, he's silly, mm -hmm. I, I think that that really, like, he, the actor put a very fine point on exactly that. I think that he was rowdy and he was all over the place but he did it in a way that felt very real and very charming and exactly how you were supposed to feel about him that actor pulled it off perfectly mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i hated kurt russell's hair parted down the middle <laughs> <laughs> i hated it so much uh... It was yeah. a lot. But he, he definitely did not have his usual magnetism, which is part of why I think he, like, I don't know if it was the direction for this role or if it was his performance, but I do not think he brought what should have been in that character to really make it work. Like, he should have been magnetic. That should have been part of the thing is that it people should have been like, why is this guy who's so quiet and not like our definitions of what makes a man, like, so compelling, you know? And I don't feel like he was in this, mm -hmm. so... Mm. my thoughts echo a lot of your guys's i feel very similar the pacing is just and this is the kind of thing i haven't read the novel so this is the kind of thing that can work much better in a novel the sort of just series of vignettes of things happening to people yeah um that can work very well in a novel and this might be a case of actually trying to stick too close to the original source material instead of realizing that you're like a different medium and you have to change some things to make it work yeah for that medium 
Um, obviously, we've talked about you know the character development, and I think that there were some decent performances. I think Young did a good job. I do like the performance of Kali, but everything did feel just like so disconnected and unmotivated, and uh, like. Yeah, I just, I, I also don't believe, I mean, I, I don't know, maybe, but that's the thing that they should have justified then more in the script, too, that she would have given up her kid. Everything else about her character indicated to me that she was going to fight societal expectations to live her life the way that she wanted to or mm -hmm. could in the circumstances. And while I could see her feeling like it was her mess to clean up, and that one of the other people shouldn't have to take responsibility for it, like one of her brothers shouldn't have to leave or be killed for her mess, I don't think she would have given over her kid. I feel like she would have left, like she would have left before anybody else could make a decision or something more than what she did. It, you know. I agree. I agree. I don't think it was in character. I think that based on everything they had set up for her, she either just would have left with Kurt Russell, even if they were going to be chased and, like, no one was ever going to let it go. Or she would have just turned herself in. Right. Yeah. And just like, said, left her kid with her family and yes. turned herself in or something. Um, I think that that is definitely where they set up her character to go and not, I'm turning over the only thing that gets me out of bed in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. I was I actually just looked it up. This this screen the screenwriter for this is also known for Fried Green Tomatoes. The movie Oh my gosh, that's such an amazing movie. How yeah. is yeah. that? The movie Annie. Um Okay. Uh, a couple episodes of the Born Identity television show. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, Money for Nothing. You know, there's a couple good there's a couple good to great films yeah. in her I mean, Fried Green Tomatoes is plotted so well. Yeah. And the character development is so good. I'm finding very surprised that it's written by this. Yeah, person. Fried Green Tomatoes was two years after this movie. It was just, that was it. It's interesting. Very. It could have been, yeah. I'm, I, I was just, tr just based off of what you said about the, maybe trying to list too closely to the novel, I was curious mm -hmm. if it was like, m maybe a, a deficiency with the, in, in terms of someone who didn't have a lot of experience with screenplays or something, but it turns out that that's not really the case. <laughs> so I guess that theory shot for me. Well, although if this one was before Fried Green Tomatoes, then at least they were moving in the right direction. Right, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, that's a lot of growth. the same themes in Fried Green Tomatoes mm -hmm. yeah. as they were trying to actualize in this that didn't, you know, come to fruition that did in Fried Green Tomatoes. So. Yeah. No, that that tracks, that tracks. Hmm. But yeah, so that's mostly most of my thoughts are very similar to your guys's. It's beautiful, but because the setting is beautiful, not because of any like super extraordinary camera work or anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, the costumes were bad. That has a problem that a lot of 80s movies do with period pieces, which mm -hmm. is they refuse to give people period accurate hair and makeup. Yeah. Because they're worried it's going to make them look unattractive. Of course. Um, and uh yeah uh, so that's i it did not work for me i agree with the critics on this <laughs> yeah i still think the critics are too that... high right they're still too high no really i don't no. know this I... is not worse than 20 percent. i don't i mean oh well yeah it's probably no this is not 20%. two out of ten okay 
I, yeah, four. Yeah, okay, but okay, so two out of ten though feels right. <laughs> I I would I would yeah I wouldn't go okay sure. I wouldn't go lower than two out of ten. But if that is the case, then it is exactly two out of ten <laughs> for me at least. Again, I think that's a little bit more harsh of a judgment than I would lay down. Mm. I would probably be somewhere around three and a half. Okay. Out of ten. But I definitely think that it's not 50% good. I'm right. definitely not with the audience on this one. <laughs> right. We're, we're, we're in between. Yeah. I, I fall squarely in between the critics and the audience on this one. Yeah. I, I, um, I was, as I was watching this movie, I was, uh, my mind, not, I guess my mind was wandering a little bit. There is a lot of opportunity for your mind to during this film as things are yeah, just unfolding there was um the one thing i looked up was so he was going to trade um the trade was as i understand it uh he would build a clock tower and he would a, build a clock for a clock tower a clock for a clock tower he yeah i guess he would oversee the construction of it in in so far as and then he would make this clock Mm -hmm. uh for it and he was gonna get a car and just a car just a just car a truck. <laughs> just a truck although i mean a truck is a pretty big deal in the 30s and depression era Appalachia, that's but like where i'm going with this okay <laughs> so i he in the beginning towards the beginning he makes well he didn't make it specifically for her but he gives her a clock in the house right and that thing I, I, it wasn't even finished, and I was like, "God, that is a goddamn beautiful clock, right? Mm -hmm. A handmade clock." And I was like, as my mind was wandering, I st I saunter over to the internet, and I'm like, "A handmade clock," and I just pop that in, and I'm looking, I'm scrolling, I, it's Etsy, it's all sorts of good. Okay, great. I found a clock that looks kind of like that clock, kind of. Mm -hmm. Um, not a, not a cuckoo clock insofar as like something pops out and makes a sound, but like how they the weights on the bottom that are used for the movement of it. Mm -hmm. That clock, a clock that I found cost $1,500 handmade, bespoke, one of a kind by a person. And I was like, I wonder how much that would cost back in 1930. Do either of you want to hazard a guess about what $1,500 adjusted for inflation is? Uh, like, $95? According to an infl inflation calculator, again, I didn't do this math. I don't know this. $33,000. <laughs> oh, you're not saying in that, you're saying like the equivalent value, not what it was. Correct, yeah. Adjusted oh, okay. backwards yeah, yeah, in yeah. time. Oh, yeah. No, then I would have definitely gone up because you're talking about before, I mean, the 30s, industrialization has happened, but before like real mass. Exactly, yeah. Um, and so my thought is like, he that that clock covers the car, man. He made this. Here, let's let's do a straight up trade. I ain't building no tower clock for you. Take this yeah. one. Give me that that beat ass pickup truck that I was gonna get in exchange. There's just some weird stuff in this movie. That's all. Just wanted to call that out. Yeah, I just feel like there was so much stuff too that they teased at being a thing and then never did anything with, like the fact that they, you know, I feel like they were trying to contrast the two feuding families of her being like the fancy civilized ones and them being the but they never really did anything with that them being like the more rowdy you know 
mountain many clan that were feuding but that never really came up in the movie at all there was never any like class even though it felt like they were driving at that yeah and then also uh that young kept discouraging him from getting involved with Kali, and i'm sure it was because he knew it was cole's baby and he knew that that was going to be trouble and that Cole still like visited her and stuff but they also never really did anything with that either right well those that whole clan the um the not who we're with that other clan that we see at the, the end they're just character they're just caricatures they're not even like yeah. real people you they know. remind me and i don't remember game of thrones very well <laughs> i've i watched a lot of it but i remember almost none of it <laughs> yeah. but that that like um inbred just over the wall like the wildlings, but not all of the wildlings, right. just like that yeah. one family. Sure. They reminded me very much of that. And in the way that they were portrayed as like caricatures yeah. and there's all of these sort of stereotypes of a large nuclear family that like is its own little city. That, I mean, that that tracks kind of like... I, really, really well, actually, in terms of like the patriarch of that wildling family also was a very compelling character even though he was also like a huge piece of shit it's so a terrible like, person who yeah. like married his daughters as yeah soon as were yeah older. yeah you're like oh yeah i hate this guy but he's acting the shit out of it like mm-hmm. you know he was he was yeah. committed to the bit which you love to see <laughs> that's interesting yeah but yeah i do just want to point out though in reference to your bespoke clock thing yeah though pre like this is not necessarily pre-industrialization but like i would put a clockmaker at the same level as like a cobbler who makes shoes from scratch are those shoes better than shoes you could buy at the general store yes but they are not at the same level of like a handmade clock from a clockmaker at that time is not worth what a handmade clock from a clockmaker is now. Now yeah. it's like a, a handmade artistry bespoke sort of a thing. Right. And at the time, like, yeah. I, I don't think it's a fair comparison time, that so. it's a $30,000 clock going, like, taking what it would be now and putting it back in time. Because even if it was a very beautiful clock, which it was, mm-hmm. um, it didn't have the value than that it would now because now everything is mass produced and so we've put a much higher value on people's man hours yeah and that, and hand making stuff yeah i was a so it seemed it was a clock a lot it, it seems to me that a clock was like a luxury item back then then or at, at, or at least for these people or uh, definitely for these people and definitely in the great depression yeah um, yeah and Two, you're talking about rural areas were, you know, always a little bit behind in tech. So a lot of rural area time didn't get standardized until the railroads decided to standardize it because they were having too much trouble with time not being standard, people yeah. not being able to catch trains and stuff, or exactly. them like arriving in depots. So there was a whole thing at about this time. I think it was the late 30s. Um, when the railroads basically created time zones and stuff because they wanted everybody to be on the same time. But before that, it was much more like when the sun is here. Yeah, particularly yeah, farmer, when you're when too. you're in yeah. like small farm type towns yeah. where it's a lot of agriculture. Like it, it, there's like 
dawn and dusk and midday and everything else in between doesn't really matter. Those are like your steering points for what what the day is and what your job is. Yeah. And people would set if towns did have clocks, like a clock in the church. I mean, that's part of the thing is that a lot of times that would be the source where when everybody did start getting time in the late Victorian era, like uh, more than just rich people, you know, because clocks have been around since way before that. But when it started yeah. becoming a thing for like everybody to have um, the the town clock would be what everybody would set their watches, which to, is something that I think because it was which is something that I think was a driver for this whole car for a right clock in the church thing. Mm. It clearly was, and they didn't really make a big enough a point about this to people who were, are yeah. not historians. But, like, that is, if you're trying to build any sort of town, which this family clearly is because they have the general store and they run the church. Yeah. Um, if you want your town to be... To enter larger society. Yes, to to in any way participate oh. in in the world as a larger whole, there are certain things you need, like a general store and like a town clock that everyone can use to set the, their time by for appointments and for whatever. And so it is a very valuable thing for a town that does not have a clock in the town square sort of a thing, does not have a clock on the church. Um, if you are trying to in any way sort of joined the outside world at any point that's a status thing that you want to have so it was a very valuable offer for him to say like a clock tower or a you know clock on the church but again this is the kind of <laughs> but thing they don't that say that in the movie nerds, like <laughs> and me, that yeah. context is not shown to you by the movie yeah like, no they don't go into why that's a good thing at all <laughs> there's clearly some implication that he's tempting him with a status symbol when he makes that offer, yeah. but not in any way that's explicit enough to get the point if you don't know the history. Yeah. Oh, so that's that's makes a lot more sense to me. And 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 honestly, when you know, spoilers for the end, they build the goddamn thing, and it's like it's extremely intricate. Like I, it in is the very of the intricate. Movie, and honestly, it would put that town on the map. I was gonna say it absolutely would make that people would come to see that clock. Like, you thing. would immediately have the ability to do like restaurants to Lindsay's point, <laughs> potentially get a train stop nearby. Interesting. Because people would come to watch that bear hit a bell with a hammer. <laughs> and so that that kind of counter like in the beginning, they're giving this guy shit for being a clockmaker and like, you know, but a, a, in the end, he does make something that they all are like in all of. So it, yes, I, I mean they're all in all of it and also ostensibly did great things for the town later on down the road. Now, we yeah. don't see that. And honestly, I really don't care about what happens to any of <laughs> yeah. those people or that town. Yeah. All right. But Let's... for all intents and purposes, he he probably helped revitalize that town. Yeah. For sure. It's the kind of thing that if they're talking about putting in a main highway, they might choose that town instead of another town that's equal distant in like a different direction to go past because it has that that clock. That sweet know? ass bear clock. Is it got a sledge? He's holding a sledgehammer. Love yeah. that bear. I mean, I do have to say that that part was, in my opinion, when Young is talking about the clock and what the clock could be, and could there be a bear? and what that bear would be doing. 
And when he's just going off with excitement about the options yeah. of this clock, um, that was the most engaging part of the movie for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that. And then them turning to Kurt Russell and being like, could you make that clock? And him being like, yeah, I could make that clock. And then seeing it at the very end, right. that was charming. Was that whole The whole thing was charming. Uh, and I think the most engaging thing of the whole movie was the like talking about it being built and then seeing it at the end and everyone is in awe of it. And it was it was very cute when it came out and they like showed it working. I was like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> I love it. It was a good. And, and that whole moment of like, if this doesn't work, do we run? Uh, and he's like, absolutely, was one of the most charismatic moments he had in the whole movie. <laughs> it yes. was. Yeah. It was it finally. Was he that... turned it on. Because <laughs> I feel like his daughter was always making those sorts of jokes or, or mm. like having that kind of sarcasm and that sort of like world weary presence that was far beyond yeah. her years. And this was the first time that I really felt like he caught up with her. The only other time is when they were leaving her mother's grave and he's thanking God for, like, yeah. his life, which, you know. And then he says, thank you for this ferocious child. Which yeah. He says, like, thank you for making dad, you know, like, let me keep the pig. <laughs> which I fully reminded me, I told Whitney about, but, like, last year on my birthday, uh, my grandmother, you know, said a blessing before dinner and she basically asked Jesus to chill me the fuck out. <laughs> and it reminded me of that. <laughs> it's true. True story. That did happen. Dear Lord. In very much that tone of thank you for this. Hey Jesus, child. can you please let my granddaughter mellow? <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, Gam Gam. Uh, but funny. yeah, I feel like she kept being that the whole movie, and he was never giving her any of it back, which was weird that she would have that. You know, if he never interacted with her like that. Yeah. Um, until that that end scene again, just those two, the one at the beginning and the one at the end. But I'm serious. Get that girl to Philadelphia. Let her grow up in the 40s in Philadelphia. Do not make her grow up in that. <laughs> yeah, that's what I. You know, just the mention of Philadelphia, I perk up. I'm like, yes, is the goal yeah. Philadelphia? Let's go. Um, that was actually kind of nice. I wanna I wanna call out two other or two three two two other things at least. Uh, I don't know if this happens to either of you, but sometimes I'll see an actor or a character, an actor, sorry, not a character, uh, and I just, I cannot divorce them from a, from the role that I know that person as, and mm-hmm. it's unfortunate for Lloyd well, Bridges. I called that one guy Frank, Greg's dad. <laughs> yeah, so. Greg's dad. For me, Greg's dad <laughs> is Lloyd Bridges. Um, uh-huh. He'll always be the guy from Airplane. Um, so when he comes on screen and and she's making a plea for help to him, I just can't help but say the line, picked a hell of a week to stop helping strangers. That's it. That's all he ever was for me for the rest of the film. I know he's a great actor. His entire family. He's just from a family of great actors. Yeah. But yeah, he'll always be the guy from airplane for me. Um, so there's that. And then I have a question. And I stayed through the credits and I did not see the, I, it, unless I missed it, I did not see this normal disclaimer. How the hell did they have a real bear in this movie? Like playing, I, I, there were dogs surrounding this bear. Was that, it, am I wrong? Was that, that was a real bear, right? I, yeah, I think so. It looked I too mean, good. Like that was, I mean, I, this movie, you know, some, some 
if you told me some corners were cut on this movie, I would believe you. But that was definitely a real bear. And there are dogs running all around it. It's spinning in circles. I'm like, you can't train. Can I guess you could train a bear, but like, I don't know. Lots of people have trained bears. I mean, it doesn't usually end up well because in the end they are a wild animal. Yeah. uh, Who eventually lashes out. But people have definitely trained bears to be do pretty elaborate um behaviors yeah i I guess like a circus bear i was just like maybe it was honestly i was more worried about the dogs than i was about the bear that's exactly what i was well that's exactly what i was thinking so i'm assuming that the growls and the barks and the and all that stuff was just fully added in after the fact but there were definitely like five dogs circling a bear well and that's the thing you get two different types of animals yeah trained and then try and make them interact like they're fighting like that's somebody's gonna get hurt one of the you know no i was like i was honestly more worried about the dogs fighting outside of the general store before the bears even involved same i'm like that to me looked like a legit dog fight and i and i don't know what what kind of training or behaviors went into it to get them that rowdy without hurting one another i don't really think that's possible but also this is recent enough like it's not super recent like PETA protesting kind of stuff yeah but this is about the era when they started doing things like chimps were no longer allowed to be in movies because yeah there it's right around this time so I I, yeah. I did not watch to see if there was uh like a no animals were harmed in the filming of this disclaimer that's what I was missing that's what I was saying I did not see that at the end so I, I was like, I mean, I was looking for it and it did not appear for me on the it's copy right, that I had. It's right on the cusp of, do I think this, there was dangerous behavior involved in the filming of this movie in regards to animals? And I think the answer is probably. Yeah. But it's right on that edge where maybe more went into it than we know. Yeah, I don't because I do think I know for Cannibal Holocaust that he specifically went out of the country to because of an, animal stuff. Yeah, because mm-hmm. they like kill animals on film and stuff, and that is different from just using a trained one and then if something happens that he intended to kill animals, you know. Right. Um. But it, yeah, it's somewhere in that area. I do think it was the '80s that there was that chimp attack on set that they banned any use of trained chimpanzees on film or tv yeah so. yeah uh, well, you know we all know that does not make me sad <laughs> i mean it's you know here here i made it you know? very clear in this podcast that i don't like movies with monkeys in them <laughs> yeah no well i mean it's one of those things that when you see all those monkeys like early kurt russell movies that have yeah. chimps and stuff in them to get what humans read as a smile is like a stress expression for monkeys that's like a threatened scared what reads as a smile yeah so there's just not ever okay we you know did to train like primates yeah no i i i'm pretty sure that we have no more monkeys or chimps or any primates in kurt russell in upcoming kurt russell films so (laughs) i count that as a as a positive that is a win i um I think we covered a lot and the the literally uh, in my notes here I only have one more question. 
a brief moment of, is he hot in this one? Oh boy. If you just want to know what movies is he pretty in, that's a heavy burden for me alone to bear. Maybe just his character in the last one bugged me enough that I didn't think he was as dreamy. He's very dreamy in this film. Oh boy. He haunted this one. Whitney, you don't remember this, but <laughs> in the episode for Tequila Sunrise, mm -hmm. you said the line, and I, I, I don't yeah, even have to give you the context. Remix. You said, <laughs> I wouldn't loophole Kurt Russell. <laughs> and I pulled the audio, and I fully intend to put it into that song somewhere. <laughs> Great, great. So I just wanted to let you know. Wonderful. To look forward to that coming up. All that aside. I do not remember saying that or the context of yeah, that saying at all. That's, that's the best part. That is actually the best part. Yeah, I did enjoy that part. I just listened to the episode <laughs> recently. So, yeah. so. Oh, once we're done recording this, Lindsay, you'll have to tell me what that means. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, I think we already have a pretty good idea of what the answer is, but just so it's on the record, are, mm -hmm. is he hot in this one? No. No. It's the hair? Is it the hair? The hair's a it's big part everything. of it. <laughs> it's the everything. <laughs> the hair is a really big part of it. They went way out of their way to do like a middle part weird bangs nerd sort of haircut. Yeah. And like... Nerd for 1989, not nerd for the Dust Bowl. Um, it's, that's part of it, but I really think the passivity of the character in this movie is what takes me out of it, totally. Um, this is the least cute he's been in the last, probably, like, eight movies. <laughs> yep. He was more attractive in Overboard. Oh, no. It was in this movie. So. It's true. Oh, God. It's true. <laughs> and the answer was also no for me in sure. Overboard. So. It's even a, it's a harder no. It's a harder no. Yeah, it is a harder no. What's the... I would agree like with the that. The only way he knew to be less aggressive was to, like, turn off a switch. That's why I think he was not the right actor for this role or the direction was bad, because... He was just like a void for so much of this movie for me. It's true. There's so much of what I know Kurt Russell to be as of this point after watching him from when he was like 12 to watching him now and all the different kind of roles he's had. And I completely agree in that like he had to, in order to fit this character, he had to have an absence of everything I know Kurt Russell to be. Yeah. That's Which it. I yeah, that makes a I lot of sense. I think another actor could have played that character with that style of masculinity and still been magnetic and charismatic and compelling. And it was like he felt like he had to be a void or an absence. Like, to turn it off in any way from being the, like, alpha personality he usually is in movies, he yeah. just went so far, like, a diff yeah. It'll be interesting to keep track of that and see if he, if this you know, air quote, character of his comes up later because I can't think of one off the top of my head where he is like, like this again. Yeah, I I'm, can't either. I might be wrong, but it seems like 
maybe this was like a turning point for him, especially like you get like whiplash going into the next film, like between these two yeah. characters. It's like real bizarre. Or people just figured out that this is not the type of role for him. Right. Yeah. And that's and maybe yeah. he figured it out, too. He's like, you know what? That, you know, 20 percent or, you know, <laughs> that New York Times review or whatever was was pretty bad. Is there is a is a glow down a thing? Like, because <laughs> yeah. that's what this is for that him. That is what this is. Yeah, that's yeah, that's really what happened. I agree. I, I was like, ooh, what's happening here? He, you know what? He also did kind of a little bit. It's like round the shoulders, because um, mm -hmm. he's like a he's like a broad dude. But in this one, he, he kind of like rounded them a little bit. Yeah, he did a little bit of like retreating into himself physically. Yeah, like like not quite a a slouch, but definitely a little bit more of like a inward posture. Mm -hmm. I'm glad we got all this on the record. It's important. Mm -hmm. It's important <laughs> well, for future I, iterations of this. I definitely of the theme want to song. make a distinction that I, it's not that I think that the traits of this character are inherently unattractive. I think the only way that Kurt Russell knew how to play them is. Yeah. Like, yes. I think that you could have gotten agree. an actor. Yeah. Who could have been very compelling in this part and very attractive in this part, and it just wasn't this. <laughs> yeah. We're going to move okay. on to something. Very exciting. It's been too long. Way too long. Whitney, I don't know if you remember the <laughs> last time. Again, I don't, it was seven months ago. I don't assume you remember for no other reason than I certainly don't even remember what happened yesterday. We got so close to avoid win last I time. I do remember that. Okay. It, was, it was very deeply upsetting. And nerve-wracking. If it wasn't for your heroic deeds, <laughs> we would not have made it. But I'm very excited for this yes. part right here. Yeah. Figure it out, asshole. We're going to find out who's who. I mean, I'd peg us at a D-minus for this kind of thing. Keeping you at a disadvantage is an advantage I intend to keep. Think you can win on talent alone? You don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. I honestly, I don't remember, okay? Ask about horses again, I'll slap you red. <laughs> hey, that was fun! There it is. I love that. I love that theme song. Figure It Out Asshole is our very own quiz show where the host will ask each of us three questions. If one of us gets it wrong, the other participants have a chance to steal, assuming they remember the remaining answers, which is not always true. Uh, it's with all that in mind that I'd like to welcome back from the void. Uh, I, I don't know if they've been out of the void in the interim. I, or just time pass in the void. I, I don't know. It could just be like yesterday. We'll have to find out. Regardless... It's Charles Nolan. Hello, everybody. Charles. Charles. I have missed you all so much. <laughs> I missed you, too. Does time pass in the void? <laughs> time does pass in the void, yes. What were you doing for seven months? Watching lots of movies. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. All right. Uh, Kurt, Kurt or, or all movies? I don't, we never talked about it. You, you are the master of ceremonies for both Keanu Reeves and Kurt Russell. You know the most for both of those actors. But I assume you dive into others as well, right? I have begun to delve into other areas. 
Oh. And other actors, oh, yes. All right, all right. Good day. All right. I have to get some recommendations from you. Recommendations from you soon. Okay. I'll let you take it away. This is your part of the show. All right. Well, here we go. Let's just jump right into it. Starting off with question number one, which goes to Lindsay. This movie was made by Castle Rock Entertainment. How many motion pictures had Castle Rock Entertainment made before this movie? It's impossible. Was it one, 13, 99, or none of the above? What? One. One is incorrect. Steel? Whitney. None of the above? None of the above is correct. This was Castle Rock Entertainment's first motion picture. Look at that. There we go. That's pretty cool. Well, Moving on, question number that. two. Back to Whitney. What was Waylon's deceased wife's name? Was it Annie, Kelly, Ruth, or Althea? Ruth. That is correct. Nicely done. Whew. Whew. I got stuck in my head what she asked to be called, and I was so not sure about what her name actually was. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the evil chuckle. All right. Fair enough. Moving on to Andrew. Okay. How old was Ruth Jackson when she died? God damn it. I know you love the numbers questions. I love questions. them so much. Can't wait to commit to the first one I remember. Let's go. Was she 26, 27, 28, or 29? 28. That is correct. Yes, yeah. I did it. I did it. I pressed two buttons at the same time, but that was correct. <laughs> Moving on to Lindsay. Too excited. Which of Collie's brothers brings her bear and venison? Was it Milton, Young, Gudger, or Drury? Young? That is correct. Nice. All right. Moving on to Whitney. The first night of the hunt, how many women did McGregor claim he'd had? <laughs> Was it a hundred, a hundred and fifty, two hundred, or two hundred and fifty? A hundred and fifty. It was a hundred and fifty and gross. <laughs> No, that's that's literally, I think, the one question about this movie you could ask me that I would answer with certainty. That is not a correct statement, considering how many questions I have had to remove from the lineup that you have all already covered. Oh, oh no. Interesting. Okay. There were, I'm not kidding, six additional questions oh, that have no. been removed. Oh my gosh. I apologies. Oh apologies no, for remembering right. stuff. <laughs> this is why I make backup questions. All right. All right. Oh boy. Moving on. Moving on to Andrew. Okay. Where does Wayland claim to have grown up? Was it Sweden, Denmark, Norway, or Finland? God damn it. 
Norway? That is correct. Yes. Oh, nice. Again, so ready to steal. <laughs> I, I knew it was, well, they were all Scandinavian, but I was like, I think it was Norway. I think it was Norway. All right. That is actually the end of our regulation round of Figure It Out, Asshole. We have three questions for the bonus round. Right. So, the bonus round is played with questions not being posed to any particular player. And everyone gets to buzz in. The first player to buzz in gets to guess the answer. And players can then steal. Okay. Let's hear those buzzer sounds starting with Lindsay. Ding, ding, ding. Now, Whitney. Me. And Andrew. Bzz. Fantastic. Bonus round question number one. During their confrontation, Cole continually calls Wayland Spook and what other name? Is it Spectre, Ghost, Apparition, or Spirit? Me. Whitney. Spectre? That is incorrect. <laughs> Lindsay. Spirit. That is incorrect. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, Andrew, I, <laughs> I could have, uh, it's not my answer, but I could have swore it was spirit. Um, <laughs> spook. That is not one of the choices. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> While he does. Refer to him as spirit a couple of times. He very, very frequently calls him spook and ghost. Damn it. All right. That is a point for the void. <sighs> Just as I was worrying that we weren't going to get any points. <laughs> Bonus round question number two. Dogs and cats will sleep on your feet, but pigs is nothing but bristles and what? <laughs> Me. Whitney. Hooves. That is incorrect. No, I'm Whitney. ruined it for everybody. God damn it. Ding, ding. damn it. Lindsay. Tusks? That is incorrect. No. I'm so sorry, guys. Whitney, I'm what so a... sorry. Whitney. I needed to wait for the answers. I'm so bad at that. Uh, I'm so bad at waiting. Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't even know what else could it even be legs <laughs> that is incorrect Damn it. <laughs> the correct answer was sharp hooves oh, oh. Whitney got That's snagged on a technicality Te technicalities <laughs> man and you would have gotten it right if you'd waited two I seconds to hear the first answer, which would have been sharp hooves. What have we learned here today? <laughs> to wait and listen. That is correct. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And now our potentially final question for figure it out. I'm so sorry, everybody. <laughs> I feel so bad when I jump the gun and then wreck it for everyone. 
<laughs> it's hilarious, though. Come on. It makes it for is. good listening, so. <sighs> okay, go ahead, Charles. Sorry. All right. Final round, or final question. Paula says that she likes what kind of men instead of stupid men? Ding, ding, ding. Lindsay, I swear to God. <laughs> Lindsay. Silly. That is correct. Oh my God, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> you just get caught up in the heat of battle and you lose all of your senses. We just talked Your about this. I know that. It was beautiful. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, boy. So that means that with a score of two to two to two to three, our winner is Whitney Nelson. You were meant to be here tonight. Oh, man. Listen to that. Uh, so patriotic. <laughs> <laughs> it does have a certain... Uh, Patriot yeah, quality to it, you're right. Yeah, I just have a feeling like I was a good citizen <laughs> when I hear this music. You were. Keeping the void at bay is the best thing you could do as a citizen. It's true. So. True facts. Oh my gosh. I can't believe Lindsay fell into the immediate <laughs> trap. I know. She really pulled a Whitney my, there. <laughs> my heart soared for. <laughs> seconds <laughs> before realizing that you did actually also already discuss that exact we conversation. Did. We did. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, great job, everybody. Thank you for playing. Oh, that was good. Thank, Thank you, Charles. That was great. We do have two Figure It Out audience questions. All right. All right. In Figure It Out audience, I pose questions to you, our listeners, and you can join us in the Discord or Tweet at me, which is at the Nolan, T H E N O W L I N. It's been so long, I can't remember how to spell. <laughs> and if you get the correct answer, you'll get shouted out in a future episode. So, our two questions for Figured Out Audience are Kali says the men don't stay hunting long. Why not? And. On a scale of one to ten, how gross is coal? <laughs> the correct answer, you must be uh, closest without going over. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, love it. So love it, love it. Tweet to me at the Nolan. I'll try it again. At T-H-E-N-O-W-L-I-N on Twitter or just pop a guess in the Discord, and if you're correct, you'll get a shout-out. Oh. Just like is what's about to happen right now. Oh. <laughs> in a previous episode for, I believe, Tequila Sunrise, the question of what kind of pasta does Joanne offer to send to Cody after his surfboard accident, <laughs> Claire correctly identified that as angel hair. <laughs> Great job, Claire. That question sounds like a fever dream. It, <laughs> does. it does. It really does. It's one of my most favorite questions I have ever written. 
God. Oh, boy. Oh, Charles, <laughs> thank you so much. I, you know, and, and for adapting on the fly, apparently, as we uh, mm-hmm. step all over some of your questions. I really appreciate all the hard work that goes into this. Oh, of course. It is always fun to listen as you're recording and change things around. (laughs) It's an adventure. Oh, my. Well, uh, much appreciated. I look forward to chatting with you on the next one. Uh, It's going to be, it's, uh, I mean, uh, potentially problematic, almost certainly problematic, but maybe one of my favorites still, question mark? So I'm I'm looking forward to it regardless, even if I... I am as well. Even if it shatters me. It is one of the ones that I haven't seen that, like, Escape from New York, everybody was like, you have to watch that movie. Oh, that could be fun. Maybe come back yeah. for uh, the first time viewing. We'll see. I, I have not seen it either. Oh, I mean, really? we're jumping ahead. Yeah, I have not seen it either. But I do recall that it's one that Jamie insisted on being a guest host for. Oh, then we'll make that happen. It'll be great. It'll be yeah. great. Charles, thank you so much. I bid you a good void. Thank you so much, and a good void to all of you very soon. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> the not-so-subtle hint at my imminent demise. A good void sounds like a holiday greeting, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yes. You'll love it. You'll love it. Her void, miss. <laughs> uh, this is my movie. Uh, and I don't know if either of you saw the Wikipedia is mercifully short for this one. I did see <laughs> because not I a lot that. happens. Truly, right? Again, to reiterate, this is a boring movie. <laughs> if we didn't get it across to you, we didn't state it explicitly. Yeah, yeah. we should have up top. Boring movie, also content warning for sexual assault. Like, yeah, it's not. Also, it's a... content warning, dog violence. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's it's all around not not great. Uh, that said, let me w- run through these four paragraphs that sum up this film, and we'll see how good they did. Into a small, poor Appalachian Mountains community in the Great Depression era arrive young, widowed clockmaker Waylon Jackson and his 12-year-old daughter. I mean, that's a strong start, like, in terms of, like, a sentence, right? Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. The, the future's wide open at this point. However, Wayland becomes respectfully acquainted with Collie Wright, a single mother of a newborn child, Jonathan. Thought it was very funny she referred to him by his full name, not John. That was good. I like that, actually. I, I did. I enjoyed that little bit about John Wright is, like, too short. Yeah, it's, like, too, too abrupt. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, too Jonathan sharp. Jonathan Wright. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as he becomes more familiar with uh, to the villagers, Wayland tries to persuade them that he could build a beautiful clock for the public square. His proposal is met with considerable skepticism before he is given the town's consent. Uh, again, this was in exchange for a vehicle so that he could leave this town. That was the that was the arrangement. It wasn't just like, let me do this favor for you. He is attracted to Kali, but their lives are threatened by family members from the Wright family's rival clan, the Campbells, led by Patriarch Drury. The youngest son, Cole, is the father of Kali's baby. Cole wanted to run away with Kali, but ultimately left her, fearing Drury's wrath. One night, Cole Campbell arrives in Kali's cabin and goes into a violent rage once he learns of Kali and Wayland's relationship. Wayland and Cole get into a fistfight in the frozen pond near the cabin. Cole is found dead the next morning, whereupon his relatives demand that the Wrights 
now owe them a life. To save the lives of her brothers and Jackson, Kali gives them Cole's child. Skip ahead a, a, a bit, I guess, here. Wayland and Kali are soon engaged. Wayland confronts the Campbells and attempts to persuade Drury and his clan to end their feud with the Wrights, but they chase him away. The following spring, Drury appears at the pair's wedding and returns Jonathan to his mother. They left out a lot. They did leave out a lot. Also, we didn't talk about this up front with our thoughts and feelings about the movie, mm -hmm. but I found the whole convoluted, do we leave him to die? Do we put him on his horse and send him home? Does the brother leave him to drown in the river uh -huh. slash freeze to death? Yep. Who's actually responsible for his death thing? Insufferable. It was terrible. The decision. Yeah, the whole. Th it that... was convoluted and insufferable. Yeah. Maybe it made for a better reading. Maybe, potentially. Well, and I do understand that you can't have Kurt Russell's character be responsible for the death of this man. Because his whole thing is that he's, like, different from these other people. Yeah. That he's no, a non-toxic form of masculinity, so he couldn't, like, beat the abusive guy to death. But this whole, like, spreading of the blame who's really at fault for him freezing to death is very frustrating and nonsensical. Yeah, I think part of that, though, was to make it so that there was, like, to illustrate this, like, Appalachian justice thing that the writer of the book and or movie were clearly obsessed with yeah like to make it this thing that like multiple people did hold some level of cult culpability mm -hmm. but nobody murdered anybody but yet they still owe that other clan a I, life i understand that i just feel like it was very frustratingly executed yeah I totally agreed yeah and, and i mean and young just he steps right up he's like i'll go he's like it'll be me i'll, I'll do it or whatever and then they still go around the room and, you know, I, I, yeah, it was it was too much. The the reason. Uh, just in short, Wayland's plea was 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 met and heard. And that is the reason I just wanted to make sure that that doesn't Drury appears only because uh, Wayland, Kurt Russell's character, puts himself in peril, essentially, by going over there and, and making an honest plea for the baby to come back. Yeah. Um, also, did they shoot him or did they just shoot near him? So <laughs> they shot his arm. I wrote that line down because I thought it was hilarious that one of the the guy who shot him said, "I just winged I him, Paul." <laughs> so I heard that, but I really still was not sure. Like there was a hole in his sleeve. Yeah. Okay. I think it was more okay. like buckshot, like not a bullet, like a you know, I th it may have been a shotgun. I don't. I it's hard to know, and even. That seemed pretty dangerous even to shoot a shotgun at somebody, but whatever. It's fine. You know, <laughs> he did go down for that, though. He did like. Well, that's that's what I'm saying for just having his arm like nicked. <laughs> he did. Theoretically. He, he did hit the ground hard. <laughs> he hit the ground very hard. And I was like, wait, is this like a gut shot? Am I misinterpreting what just happened? And then the way that he ran off, I was like, well, this definitely isn't a vital wound because he's scurrying very quickly out of there. Yeah. But like, I, just the whole thing I felt like was not well executed of if he was actually shot and if so, where and how mortally was he wounded? Yeah. Uh, it's also worth noting here that this is our second freeze frame ending in a row. 
our second <laughs> freeze frame ending in a row. This one, not much better than the one for Tequila Sun. A little bit better because it is a very cute baby, but not not much better. Just say that. Yeah. Um, the 80s, man. It is a very man. cute baby. They got a very camera-friendly baby. Yeah. That baby had some blue eyes, let me tell you. Yeah, I will say I don't think it's the most beautiful baby I've ever seen, which is said like 15 times throughout the movie. Million dollar smile on this baby. Yeah, I mean, it's it, not the most beautiful baby I've ever seen, but, yeah. you know, definitely. And, and not just like cute or adorable or photogenic, like beautiful. Everyone said, that's a beautiful ass baby. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Are we looking at the same baby? Uh, <laughs> He's very cute, baby. Very attractive, but not the most beautiful baby I've ever seen. He's not like model baby. Mm. No, way. he's very like chubby and affable. Yeah. Anyway. Hey, that works. That works. That's winter people. Um. Is <laughs> just keeping it very binary, Whitney. Mm -hmm. Do you recommend this movie? I do not recommend this movie. Mm, okay. I didn't think so. Lindsay, do you recommend this movie? <laughs> I don't, know. Yeah. That's going to be three no's. Three no's on Winter People from uh, from us. Uh, sorry, Claire's mom. We just have a fundamental difference I'm of opinion on this one. glad you enjoyed it, yeah. Claire's mom. I'm not going to yuck your yums, but I did not, uh, did not care for this one too much. Now comes something very interesting. Uh, we, uh, we're going to rank this thing. Whitney... I, I think you have a very respectable list right now. I do. <laughs> even even if you've missed one of the films and put it dead last, I, I got to respect that. Mm -hmm. Where is Winter People going on your list? It is going at spot number 12. 12? Under Overboard, but above Charlie and the Angel. That is crazy talk. Hmm. <laughs> Okay, I guess. 12. You're putting mm -hmm. it above. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? It's actually not crazy talk now that I'm looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> look, at, look at the rest of the list. Shit. It's not crazy talk. I'll take care of that. Uh, I would rather 12. watch this again than Guns in the Heather or The Barefoot Executive or Mosby's Marauders. Okay, fair enough. The one and only genuine original family band does not rank higher than this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nor should it. Nor should it. Uh, Lindsay, your list is much more compact. Yes. Where are you going to put this on your list? This is going at seven for me. It's going to go right between Now You See Him, Now You Don't, and right above the one and only genuine original family band. Second to last. <laughs> Second to last. Okay. I'm putting this at uh, 16 under Tequila Sunrise, a movie I mm -hmm. did not care for, really. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. But, like, don't care for this one more than I didn't care for that one. <laughs> so uh, pretty low. I think anything outside of the top 10 so far is pretty rough chuckles for both Whitney and I. It is. <laughs> so, it is. Uh, you know. <laughs> the highs are very high. They are. But if it is not a high, it's a low. There's no middle ground here, I feel like. You go straight from, like, 
really great movies to a lot of movies I don't really care to see again. Right. That's, I mean, it's, it turns, it's almost on a dime. Like, really, re yeah. tr truly, actually, at 10 for me, and maybe even including 10, but I don't know. I'm like, I'm not going to watch these anymore. Like, no, not even, you know, not that I have cable, but like if it happened to be on, I wouldn't like <laughs> sit down and like, oh, yeah, Kurt no, not happening. Yeah. So interesting. I'm just realizing Swing Shift is not on my list. <laughs> what is doubled I, up then? <laughs> I don't know where I would put it, but we'll figure that out later. Okay. Well, we are tied at 23, so we're <laughs> we'll I'll look into this. We have a we, we we can go back. There's an error somewhere in the There's spreadsheet. An error. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Either way, I stick with above below overboard and above Charlie and the Angel. Okay. Perfect. I will uh I will mark that in accordingly. All right. Ranked it. Recommended it. Not recommended it. Let's talk about our next episode. Mm -hmm. It's very exciting. This is uh, this is your episode, Whitney. You're going to walk yeah. us through the final film of what we're dubbing season two, which is basically just covers like a decade of his career. Mm -hmm. That film is Tango and Cash. That film is Tango and Cash. You've both never seen it. Never seen never it. Never seen it. I'm aware that it is the homoerotic action movie that lots of people are obsessed with. Oh, my but gosh. I've never seen it. Kurt Russell, Sylvester Stallone. Peak. Not Well, maybe not peak for... I don't know. It depends. It depends on what you define as peak, but like definitely both at 10. I can say that much. Yeah. <laughs> so well, definitely from what I've heard and what people reference as like very peak 80s in the, you know, 100 percent style and that they're all sweaty and like oiled up all of the time. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely feels like a last hurrah to the 80s. Lindsay, Lindsay definitely knows more about this movie than I do. She's already said things that I don't know about this movie. <laughs> right. Already <laughs> stepping on Charles trivia for next week. God. Sorry. Uh, Sorry. No, that's fine. Um, I remember watching that many times as a kid. Probably not. Um, uh, Probably too young to have watched this film as a kid, but that's why I have fond memories of it. I hope it is not a Fox and the Hound situation. Uh, <laughs> we will see. We will see. That brings. I mean, it sounds too wild to be a Fox and the Hound. <laughs> right. There are. Like, I can. I, think... I recall there are at least some enjoyable moments of this movie. It's. It got some action in it, so there is that. It sounds at least like it's bad in an entertaining way if it's bad, which I'm not saying it is. People don't come for me. I haven't seen it. I'm just right. saying it sounds interesting, whatever it is. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. That brings us to the end. We did it. We're back again. We're back. We're here. Don't, we're in your ear holes. Don't, You're welcome. Yeah, don't, you know, <laughs> don't, you know, we're, we'll be here. Not p potentially not every week yet, but... We're back. We're easing back in. Yeah, we're back on a, a on a basis. <laughs> I will say that. <laughs> on, Correct. On a basis, indeed. Uh, thank you both for joining me, Lindsay. Do you want to tell people where they might be able to find and keep up with you on the internet outside of this, where you might podcast more regularly or update more regularly? 
I mean, I am currently podcasting nowhere more regularly. I... <laughs> Every seven months is a while. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've been on the uh, occasional episode of something, but otherwise I'm not podcasting regularly. But I am posting gelato very regularly on both Twitter at Lindsay Nelson, N-E-L-S-E-N, and Instagram at Lindsay Cameron Nelson. If you want to see my beautiful gelato babies, that is where you can find them. Hells yeah. As, and as we discussed, the perfect time of year to, to be salivating over said gelato. It's true. So there you go. Whitney, how about you? What's going uh, on? Well, I am on Instagram uh, at Whitney Nelson. Uh, I am not. I'm not not on Twitter. I didn't delete my Twitter, but I uh, removed the app from my phone. Smart. And have not logged in. So you really can't find me on Twitter. <laughs> uh, but it is at Whitney underscore Nelson, N-E-L-S-E-N, if you are interested in following my now defunct Twitter. As you say, you can see Whitney's internet ghost on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Time capsule, you know? Uh, Go but back. really, really Instagram is the only place that I regularly update anymore. So uh, at Whitney Nelson, N-E-L-S-E-N on Instagram. Perfect. Perfect. And if you haven't heard Cool Breeze Over the Mountains, check out that podcast where we do the same thing, only with Keanu Reeves. Right. A, a wild, a wildly varied career. Uh, yes. <laughs> over there. Correct. With Keanu Reeves. Uh, you can find and follow me most places on the internet at Dark Driving. The two things I want to um, just pitch really quickly uh, for those interested. I don't know what the overlap is. Um I guess Twitter, or, or well, follow me on Twitch. I'm trying to do a little bit more on Twitch. Maybe eventually even live stream this show over on Twitch. I'm dark driving there, uh, but I'm also playing video games over there occasionally now, which is great. It's the full setup. I like invested mm. in some hardware. There's video. It's what me. video game are you playing right now? Uh, right now, I'm very invested in a game called Cult of the Lamb. Um, oh, is it good? It is incredible. I cannot oh. stop playing it. It's the cutest. The, the trailer for me was like, it hit the sweet spot of every kind of game I like to play. Yes. Of like the sort of Stardew Valley, uh -huh. but also it's a cult. Yes. And like the whole thing looked very up my alley. So that's good to hear. It's 100%. The pitch is it's Hades meets Animal Crossing. And that is sold yeah. everybody yeah, 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 I've yeah, told. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, it is 100% <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that. I have Amazing. spent more nights staying up till 3 a.m. in the past week that it's been released than I I never do that. But here I am, very tired every morning as I wake up. Amazing. <laughs> I need to get it. So check that out. Uh, and then I am also on a, I, I am co-hosting another podcast, or I'm kind of sitting second chair, uh, where we are replaying The Last of Us, the video game The Last of Us. Um, both of them, but we're on the first game right now. That podcast is called Wayfair and Strangers. Uh, very good game. We put a, yeah, we, we put a lot of time the episodes for that game, and we're doing essentially kind of this. We're playing a section at a time and then breaking it down. And the episodes run about two hours. We go deep. Um, but it is a deep game, as, as, as Whitney said. So um, well worth the time. So check that out if you're into video games. Either one of those. If you like video games, you might find something you like there. <laughs> so all right. Uh, where's my button? 
There it is. It was too loud at the beginning there. Oh my god, now it's too low. <laughs> Thank you all for joining us. And in the immortal words of Jack Burton, sit tight, hold the fort, and keep the home fires burning. <laughs>